Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Alright, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast coming at you. I wanted to bring the energy. I'm channeling my inner Bruce Buffer of USC. Let's do this thing. As always, you can find me, your host, Mike, on Twitter, at Iowa Michael. My beautiful co-host, Adam, you can find him on Twitter, at ATM4D Chess. What's going on tonight, brother? How are you doing? Michael, doing well. Dynasty Degenerates, welcome back in. By now, you already know what time it is, Dynasty Degenerates. We're ready to go. We're ready to talk to you. We're bringing another good episode here. We're going to get into some tight end stuff. Oh, absolutely. Hey, did you like that move, that intro right there? Off air, when we're talking pre-record, I'm nice and calm, relaxed. Now we're going to bring the thunder. Let's do this thing. The thunder. That's what Michael does. Iowa Michael brings the thunder. McNutted always is ready to go and uh, can change on the on a beat. Ah, let's do it, man. I'm like a coiled snake. A coiled snake. Just just <laughs> waiting. Just waiting to talk about Dynasty football. I love it. Hey, I mean, Senior Bowl. It's in full swing, baby. What's going on? We're getting reports every day. We're getting Twitter spaces. We're getting Ray G updates on Twitter. We're getting updates in the Patreon, in his Discord. It's I'm excited. I, I love hearing about all the Senior Bowl stuff. It just gets me going. You Do you enjoy this as well? Because this seems to be the talk of the week right now. Yeah, the Senior Bowl stuff's awesome. We had a nice little chat with Ray uh, driving into work today um, on some of these quarterbacks and who's who's standing out at Senior Bowl. And that, that's what's so fun about the offseason is how all these players shift, wh- where their values go, who's got the buzz around them now. You know, if it's the guy that you're talking about, someone you're interested in, if some of the guys you're really liking, they get bad news, 
all the ebbs and flows of all that, man. It, it's fun. It starts right now with senior week and man, all off season, we're going to have stuff like this going on. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's amazing. It, it sounds to me just from my uh, quote unquote sources that I'm hearing uh, all that talk about me thinking I was going to get, you know, Malik Willis at the end of the first, you know, early second, you can put that shit to bed over. Forget about it, man. Those days are over. Malik Willis is causing a lot of buzz and hype at senior bowl. I, I love it. Um, I think that it's pretty, I think you're going to see episode one. We talked about the 22 quarterbacks and how they're being devalued. I think you're going to see probably there's going to be some of those guys. Malik Willis right now seems to be the one that's pushing up the board. They may not all be devalued by the time the draft comes around, but the point was back at that time that at that point, we believe that the class in general at quarterback was being devalued. And I think you're going to see some of these guys break away from the pack and be people that are drafted early that have a lot of good buzz coming from them in the next few the few months when there's no football to be played, right? You're going to hear about these guys. The reports on my boy Sam Howell have kind of been mixed. You know, a good yeah. day two, a bad day day three. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still holding out hope. I'm still holding faith in Sam Howell. But uh, Malik Willis has been extremely positive. Yeah. Uh, Desmond Ritter, absolutely not positive. Uh, Kenny Pickett, sounds like Carson he's terrible. Yeah, yes, sounds like Desmond Ritter is horrible. He just so. can't throw, man. Those those baseball mitts, I don't know if they're too big of hands or what's going on, man, but he, he sounds like he can't throw. Yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I'm going to let somebody else have him. Yep, I'm, I'm out. That's no, nah, it's just wasting space at this point, I think. Carson so, Strong's got a cannon. There's a lot of good stuff coming out, man. Oh, man, the man's got a hose. He has got a hose. I, I love it. Though yeah. I did see something today, his uh, they're doing like next gen, next gen ish like tracking of the Senior Bowl on these practices, right? And he he actually doesn't have the the fastest average throw speed or or some shit like that. You know how fast the ball comes out of his hands in hmm. miles per hour. Okay, so he was actually towards towards the bottom. So I don't know if it just means that he's putting more touch on the ball and these other guys are, are throwing rockets. or what. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. I have no idea how important it is. I just thought it was interesting when I saw that tweet today. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't I didn't know that about that tweet. I, I just think from the eye test, when you were watching you know, some of the little clips I saw, man, that thing looked like it was humming. Like it, it, you could just yeah. see it when he throws it. That it has velocity, like he has that it factor with the arm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's our little uh, senior bowl snippet. As always, if you want more information, just just tap into what Ray's doing, tap into Prospect Talk, hit up the Twitter too. I mean, he's always killing it on there. And this Twitter Spaces, that's a kind of a relatively new thing, I, at least for me. I'm just finding out about it now here in these last few weeks with a lot more people doing it. It's a really dope feature of Twitter that these these creators, these guys like Ray or Scott Connor can just hop on and people can come in and listen and, you know, different people can get speaker and and, and we can just sit around and and bullshit and bounce ideas off of people and, and what you're seeing. You know, it's just another way to grow the, the dynasty fantasy football community as a whole and, and better yourself and up your game. So I'm really digging it. I love tapping into these things. They're pretty awesome. For sure. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. I tapped into top, uh, the end of Connors there. But yeah, I, I didn't know that about Twitter. That's pretty cool. Some of those those in there. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to up my game. Maybe I'll start doing Twitter spaces. We'll get like <laughs> two or three people in. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll get McNutted to get get us, get, us, get us started, man. We got to start somewhere, you know? Hell yeah. Like late night, 11 p.m. Twitter spaces. I'm in. Let's do this. Be, be careful when you tap in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so without too much more ado, uh, what I wanted to dive in tonight was tight end premium. Um I don't know about you. I don't think I play in any leagues anymore that aren't tight end premium. That's almost standard at this point, right? Yeah. I started my first first league was in 2020, the summer of 2020. And then I did a bunch of startups this last offseason. Every single one of mine has a different, you know, variety of tight end mm-hmm. premium. But they all have some sort of premium scoring for the tight end. So it was really put in place to make tight ends more valuable in these yep. leagues. Uh, if you kind of think to like your your standard redraft league, your seasonal league, tight ends don't really hold much value, right? If you get the the Kelseys of the world, cool. Like some people take them in the first round and redraft. That's probably usually a mistake. But you know, maybe like second or third round for the elite guys, and then like every other tight end doesn't really seem to matter. You can just yeah. It's just you can pretty much just stream tight end off the waiver wire all year. But yeah, if you don't get an elite one, you just throw whoever in. So I don't know. To me, it seems like tight end premium was just kind of built to bring up tight ends and give them a little more value. One of the things I'll say regarding any kind of scoring setting or change is that, especially in sleeper, once the scoring settings are input in the league that you're about to go into and you're about to draft. You can sort everybody on a points per game basis with those scoring settings. Yes. So on yes. the mo- on the mobile, anyways, uh, web web page sleeper kind of lacks quite a bit. <laughs> but on, yep. on mobile, you can go through and they will actually list them in points per game, their point totals based on what your league scoring settings is. So that's usually one of the very first things I'll do when I'm doing a startup draft is, okay, what are the scoring settings? I just kind of eyeball them and then I'll go and I'll see, okay, how does these positions score versus these positions? And that, that, that automatically puts in my mind, okay, what's, what's my plan for drafting? Like, do I, do I rank, you know, somebody just a little bit higher because of the scoring settings, you know, maybe the tight end premium is a little bit heavier standard tight end premium is usually a half a point. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen ones all the way up to a full point or a point and a half. Right. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I think most of the leagues I play in, or just the mo- the mo- the more common, I should say, not most of the leagues I play in, but the more common ones are, you know, tight end premium where it's a half PPR and then tight ends for all the skill players and then tight ends get a full point, right, versus the half point. Yeah. Or you get the full point PPR league that has the tight end premium gets 1.5 on the PPR. So... The, the interesting thing with that is I do think like what you're saying is hundred percent, right? Tap into the sleeper mobile app. If you're doing your drafts on there, if you're not doing your drafts on there, <laughs> we're not affiliated with sleeper, but man, I don't think you're doing it right. We, we play everything on sleeper. It's the best app. I think, wouldn't you say Mike for yeah. dynasty at this point? I, mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to start some fights. It usually <laughs> does. I mean, there uh, is a, there's a hardcore MFL gang out there. I can't I can't do it, man. It's Yeah. It to me when I play on MFL and this is nothing against MFL, the the mobile side is just so damn bad. It's it's not user friendly at all. 
So you pretty much are required to use the web page, which is fine. But in 2022, I mean, who the hell like does everything from their computer anymore? Like 90% of <laughs> yeah. my stuff online comes from my phone. Just straight from the phone. So yeah, like like Mike said, you know, once you get into the mobile app on Sleeper, if you're playing on there, hopefully you are. And if you're not, you know, I don't know exactly how it works on MFL or different apps, but see how the scoring works in that league. I think that's one of the first things you should do. This is not necessarily just a tight end thing. In every position, you should be checking the scoring settings, how they're how those scoring settings are adjusting to the players that you're gonna draft. What, what they're going to do, how deeper the rosters are, you know, what's the premiums for this position, that position, what the negatives are. So once you do that, like when you, when you think about it, how big is the tight end premium, right? How big is that versus the skill players? The first thing I look at. So those two standard examples, half PPR to full PPR, that's actually double. Now, when you go from one point PPR to 1.5 PPR, that's not double. That's actually only 50%. So little things like that, you know, keep in mind what the tight end actually gets versus the standard skill players. Then, then you know, th- there's a lot more intricate stuff than that too. Like there's a league I'm in with Ray. It's a 14 team PPR or a 14 team league where running backs get half point PPR, wide receivers get a full point, tight ends get 1.5. So when you start thinking about that, that's Tight ends for every catch get three times what a running back gets, right? So understanding what the tight ends are getting versus the skill players. That's the first thing I look at there. I think a lot of it too, especially for me, is oh uh, another version of tight end premium. And sometimes you'll see it in conjunction, conjunction is start two tight ends. You're required to start two tight ends every week. Yeah, two to E-leagues, right? And, and generally for me, I usually just treat that as like an extra half PPR, you know, tight end premium. So if it's already 0.5 PPR tight end premium, you get the bonus. If you have to start two, I just, in my head, the way I figure it, I go, okay, that's a second tight end premium, right? That's a, it's an addition to, addition, we'll just yeah. call it, we'll call it a full uh, one point PPR tight end premium. Right. Which, which yep. is usually a pretty massive increase. So yep. for me, that increases the value again. Now, some people, when they play tight end premium, or I think the real definition of it is any real boost to the tight end position. So you might be in a league where they don't get any bonus for receptions, but because it's a start to tight end premium, it's still considered a, a tight end premium league. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, because it it's non-standard. Yes. Right. It's not. It's the. It's standard scoring technically, but it's non-standard roster because you're having to start two versus one. So it makes that position more 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 important. Just about everything I'll play in is either a point five tight end premium, a start two plus a point five, or maybe something crazy like a point seven five. But I have seen those leagues where it's like one point two five bonus to all tight end receptions, and like yeah. you mentioned, that's. You have to take into account if that's relative to the other positions. But yep. the easiest way for me to do it is hit up those sleeper scoring settings and see what they did last year. Yeah. And that, rank that... them in points per game. Like if Travis Kelsey was a wide receiver, how's he scoring versus the wide receivers? Oh man, he would be the number one wide receiver going away in these scoring settings. Yep. And 
Okay, now what's the difference? Uh, this is a one thing I do with every position, but we'll just keep it to the tight ends right now. I look at the fall off from the elite guys to the next group, right? So, so that is so if, crucial. You have to do that. If Kelsey's scoring 25 points per game, right, that's what he averages, and the tight end six is scoring 15 points per game. But if I look at wide receivers and wide receivers, the top guy scoring 25 points per game, but the wide receiver six is scoring 20 points per game, it tells me that the tight end position is a lot more scarce and a lot more valuable to get the upper echelon guys. And those are the guys that I want to target earlier in drafts. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that that's pretty much the way it tends to work is, you know, if there's some really crazy scorings, it could vary, but. Typically, the bigger the tight end premium, right? Like you're going to have a bigger gap between the tight end one, two, three, four, the elite ones, yes. and those 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 lower ones. Because that that's the thing about the tight end position that's truly out there is, I mean, it's the most scarce of them all. Like you, it is tends to be very top heavy, and it gets very shallow very quick. So, you know, you, you need to assess essentially how they score to the skill players. The other thing too, for me is then you start talking what they do when you're talking overall values to the quarterback, when you start going like the super flex spot, right? So if they're, if they're scoring, if tight ends are getting two points per catch, you know, the wide receivers are running backs. They're probably getting one or something, but like you said, sometimes there's these crazy ones where it's 1.25 additional, but when they start getting more and more points per catch, the, the, the position they're really gaining on is the quarterback and then understanding what the quarterback scoring is. Are they getting six? Are they getting four points per passing touchdown? Are there heavy negatives, right? Are, are they really getting discounted for sacks, fumbles, fumbles, lost, pick six, and then seeing with a heavy tight end premium in that, you know, how, how they kind of compare to the overall scheme of thing, not just the skill players too. I, I do think there are, I mean, I hear it all the time in trade talks where people overvalue the tight end premium you know what i mean like oh 100 percent, man 100 pe- percent. people tell me oh it's a start to plus a half point tight end premium league so you know i this guy's a first round startup pick well no not really i mean if it's still a super flex league quarterbacks are usually going to rule the rule the roost right unless i'm just talking standard like yeah. you mentioned there's all kinds of crazy scoring settings you can set it up however you want you can yeah the commission can, can do anything in yeah. those that's what's kind of cool is you can tailor it to whatever kind of crazy scoring you want so you got to be careful but like mike's saying for the most part large majority unless the unless it's heavy negatives and like four points per passing touchdown yeah the quarterbacks are gonna rule for the most part it's gonna be quarterbacks and then your elite running backs your jonathan taylors of the world right are gonna be there some people, I roll my eyes. You can't see it because this isn't video, but I'm rolling my eyes heavy. Some people <laughs> I know want, the, going. want the wide receivers. Some people want the Jamar Chases and the Justin Jeffersons in the first round. That's cool. I mean, good for you. I, Mike and I are, could never be more happy when we see him go round one. Please. Every league I'm in, I hope they all go in the first round. Please. <laughs> But generally speaking, it's going to be quarterbacks. It's going to be elite running backs. You're going to have the random outlier dudes who love to take wide receivers in the first round. And then for me, 
in tight end premium leagues. So if we're just talking a standard, maybe a, a start two or a half point bonus in tight end premium. For me right now, that's where I'm kind of looking in Dynasty at taking the first tight end off the board at the back half, back end of the first round. Yep. Yes, sir. It's, yeah, the Kyle Pitts, whoever you got right there. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. For for me, it's Kyle Pitts. One, just because of the age. Mark Andrews is dope. He's he's dope. I love what he did this year. But Kyle Pitts, twenty one. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, whatever your flavor is there. But yeah, for me, it's Pitts too. And then you got Andrews. Whatever you know, if you want to get the older, crustier, you know, Kelsey Kittle Waller. Like I'm not going to argue what your flavor is really right now, but. I agree Gen- with Mike Foley. That, that's where you should be targeting them. Generally, if if you don't want to do that too, I mean, there are some some great running backs or some great young quarterbacks that I'd like to target in that range as well. It just kind of depends on what's on the board or what I want to do. But most of the time, I would say the elite tight ends, the, the true difference makers in tight end premium, the ones that you really want, are probably going somewhere in the second, third, fourth round right yep that's yes yes that is a targeted area where you're going to see the andrews the pitts the kittles the kelsey's the darren wallers yep 100 percent, exactly right somewhere between the top four rounds they're, they're mostly all going to be gone depending on the tight end premium setting i could see them getting a slight bump but for me i think sometimes people overthink it and overvalue it too much yes. and if you weren't going to take a Travis Kelsey in a standard tight end premium league until the fourth round, just because it's a little bit heavier, I'm not going to bump him up into the early second round. You know, he's not getting that yeah. massive jump for me. He like should I get s- a little one, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. If it gets too crazy, that's when I like you have to stop and think to yourself, does this really reflect what the scoring truly is? Right. Like a lot of times, like Mike said, it's 100% right where because people get so worried about the tight end premium or, you know, it's a heavier tight end premium, they, they really overvalue those guys. And if the, if that starts happening, you know, you, you need to be aware of that in your leagues. And and I, I, I kind of want to get into like where, where you're at with or where we're at with some of these elite tight ends, what what their real value is in like a half point, you know, additional tight end premium like what do you value them in future so we can kind of dive into where we want to go with these guys or what we think you should do in your league so any discussion that we're going to have i'm just going to operate from a standard tight end premium league so it's a ppr league running backs get one point wide receivers get one point your tight ends get 1.5 points per reception yeah okay run of the mill standard tight end premium league which is probably going to cover about 60 percent of the leagues nowadays there's going to be some minor differences, but this will just be where we're going to operate from. So, yep, I fully agree. I see a lot of people are starting to have Mark Andrews as tight end one going. Yeah, forward. it's it's definitely. It, it seems like I mean, obviously everyone has different talks and values, but it seems like a lot of the people are really in that Andrews tight end one discussion, which. He, it, the man's dope. I mean, he's awesome. He he's he was number one tight end scoring this year. He's still fairly young for that position, but I'm not sure if I have him at tight end one, honestly. All right, I I understand the Mark Andrews thing. I'm I'm not there, not there yet. It it hurts me to say too because I was I was in on Mark Andrews last year, 
I he was going to be that next guy who was going to join that elite tier, that Kittle, Kelsey, Waller tier. And he was so damn inconsistent last year, and it just never really happened. And I think yeah. I soured on yeah. him too much. And, and in reality, I was just a year early. Yeah. <laughs> like I should have waited. Should have been more patient. He had a great year. Some of the things that concern me, though, the split numbers with Lamar versus Tyler Huntley yep. are are concerning. Uh, he's 26 and a half, so he'll yep. be 27 by the time the season rolls around. Not horrible. I mean, tight ends, I mean, he might have another four or five years in him at, yeah. at elite production. But I can't do it, especially when I have a guy like Kyle Pitts staring at me in the face. 21, had it, had it. A record-setting year for a rookie tight end, right? Over a thousand yards as a rookie tight end, as the number one option without Kyle, uh, Calvin Ridley all year. So, a guy who's twenty-one, record-setting tight end year. We know he's a physical freak, an athlete, an alpha type. He's going into his second year. I mean, that's my tight end one in dynasty, and it's. It's not particularly close for me, but I do understand the Mark Andrews argument. Yeah. If we're looking at a guy like Mark Andrews as far as trade value in a uh, tight end premium league, I would say that would be a guy I would be looking at at taking in the third round, third, fourth round. Yeah. That's where I like I would be pulling the trigger on him. So for that, you're at Probably two first. To yeah, be I was gonna say round three is basically two first, right? Yeah, I round I round four maybe is not quite that, but still in that range where it's pretty darn close to two first. I man, I don't know in tight end premium leagues with the year he just had though if you could go out and purchase him for just two first. I think and, a lot of people would tell you to piss off. And that is what we talked about on the Jamar Chase episode, where perceived value. And startup value, right? Yeah. So sometimes people want more than what they're going in startups. And and when that discrepancy gets really big, a lot of times what that's telling you is that player's a little overvalued in Dynasty. Yeah, it, it sucks to say that too about Mark Andrews, but he might be getting overhyped a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the tough part about trading away those elite tight end assets, especially on any type of team where you're you're building to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Is it to replace a guy like Mark Andrews is so damn hard. Yeah. There are options I'd like to have. If somebody would, would sell me TJ Hawkinson in a first for my Mark Andrews all day, I sign me up. Yep. Or maybe give me a, a first and a second and Pat Fryermuth. Like that's a huge smash for me. But even in the case of maybe just a first and Fryermuth or a first and Noah Fant or a first and Dawson Knox, I think I got to consider it, right? Yeah. And that, that's well, a big down tier, too. I mean, you're going from for sure. one to, you know, maybe 10, 11, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I mean, Pat, Pat Fryermuth for me is a top 10 guy. Yeah. And that's why, like, all right. So, so let's say it's Andrews at a, at a two first. Okay. Is that about what you think he's worth? Would you say in tight end for premium? Me, for me, I think some people are probably going to say like two, two first and a second, and a second. or yeah. you know something along those lines. But two first, I think is fair because if I'm thinking about where I would draft him in a startup, 
where I would comfortably pull the trigger, it's going to be in that third round range, I would imagine. Would be the earliest I go, okay, Mark Andrews. So then let's say you're a Pitts owner, McNutted. Yes. And what's it going to take to get him off of you? Like, what's his future look like? He's that's the real tough one because of his age. Yep. It's even if I'm in a rebuild, I don't have a lot of incentive to move Kyle Pitts. So Mm -hmm. it does have, if you're telling me that you can get up, like we were telling people on our podcast that you can get three or close to three first round picks for Jamar Chase. I would take Jamar or Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase every day of the week, right? So, so, so let's it's just... got to be that same price tag, if not a little bit more, because I actually value him a little bit more. Yeah, but so, so let's let's go gun to your head. Um, someone sends two first and a second to you for Kyle Pitts, taking it or not? I think no, I don't think so. Three first, Kyle. Three Pitts. first, yes. I, okay, I, I can't. I can't. So that's the trigger. I can't turn. I can't. Yeah, I can't turn. So two first and a second is probably a pretty fair offer. You're just not willing to do it. Three first. That's the trigger point. Like that's I'll take that for Kyle Pitts, right? Okay. So that that's good. So then you got Andrews at two first. What about guys like Kelsey, Kittle, Waller types? I think they're probably in that range. Kittle, I would say, was is the most valuable out of those three, just because of age, right? We, we saw Waller get injured. And, and to be honest, outside of that first game of the year where I think he got like 16 targets or something crazy, mm-hmm. he was he was underwhelming. Right. Kittle, man, to end the year was inconsistent. And Kelsey is going to be going on 33. This is tough because these guys, man. they all They all have their own sets of issues or warts if you want to call them that right so like yeah like you're talking we've about seen them all be elite a hundred percent kelsey see what's interesting about kelsey to me and this is where it gets interesting for all these guys we we get worried about kelsey's age because of the number and, and the truth is you have to get worried about that number just because everyone has the ability to cliff the truth though about the tight end position for the really elite long tenured tight ends they tend to last quite a bit, man. And Kelsey right now is showing no signs of, like, really cliffing. The problem is it will come, and it might not – there may not be any notice, right? Like, it could come out of nowhere, even though he looks good, and then all of a sudden, boom, he cliffs, and you're like, oh, man, his value just really dropped heavily. So that's the problem with Kelsey, although he looks still amazing right now when he plays. Waller and, and Kittle – they both right now, I feel like, are getting that. The injuries are what's keeping them from being in that that tier one, right? Like, had Kittle went out and played the last couple of years fully healthy and, and balled like he does when he's on the field, he, he's tight end one. The problem is it feels like his injury risk is not ideal. And, and then the same thing, we saw Waller get hurt, you know, this year, miss a lot of time. And then sometimes when he was out there, he wasn't all that great. So they all have their own issues. But still, for a contender, these are the type of guys you want, right? Yeah. What would you say? Um, man, they're going to be in that that four, fourth round, third, fourth round range too. Yeah, I think I think all 
I truly believe that Kelsey and Kittle are going to be in that third round range. I think Waller may be the guy that falls a little further, fourth or fifth, but I think they're all kind of somewhat close. Waller might be the one that's a little further behind, but they're in that range. Man, first and two seconds, would you say? I think that's right. I think maybe... I think maybe for Waller, a first and a second, it depends. Like, if you're really rebuilding and you just want to move them, first and a second, probably the floor. But that's probably right, a first and two seconds. You know, and this, this is for just a, like we talked about, a standard half-point PPR bump for the tight ends. I wanted to bring something up, too. Like, how how long do you think these tight ends last? Like I know you'd mentioned it. They, they last longer than you think, but... If you just had to guess, what age would you say like the greats, the greatest of greats of all time, their last like really good seasons at the tight end position? What age do you think they were? That's a good question. I don't, I haven't dove into that, so I don't necessarily know. Kelsey's what thirty three? Yep. Well, we'll be thirty three. Yes. This might sound crazy. I I could see Kelsey performing in the range he's been performing that for another couple of years, one to two years for sure. Still now, if he cliffs next year, I'm not going to be shocked, but like I could see him in that elite tight end tier as far as scoring for another year or two. I really could, especially the, the thing to consider with him for me is one, he moves really well and like he looks fine on his own, but two, whatever you think about how Patrick Mahomes finished the game and, you know, blew it like this dude's still there and he still can sling it. And he absolutely raises Kelsey's value with him at quarterback. So I think Kelsey's honestly going to have another couple of years of pretty damn elite production. I really do. So Antonio Gates, and this is my uh, Dr. Math coming into play here. His last Dr. Elite, Math. His last elite season for 35? the tight end position. Nope. Younger. 33. Now, who was who was throwing him the football at that time? I'm trying to remember. Should have been Philip Rivers still. Yeah, it was still Philip Rivers, right? Yep. So and, and actually good Philip Rivers, not Yeah, he, he was still slinging it around back then. <laughs> not not old Philip Rivers. I'm not sure I'm gonna put him in Mahomes tier, but he he could sling it. He absolutely could find a guy like Gates. Yep. The his thirty two season wasn't good, his age thirty one season wasn't good, and his age thirty season was elite. So yep. take take that for what it's will. Uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't find Tony Gonzalez on player profile, so I had to pull up his stats from somewhere else. Okay. And his last year in Atlanta, uh, 83 catches, 859 yards, and eight touchdowns. 2013. Uh, so that's nine years ago. He's currently 45. So age 34 season. Yep. And then he retired. Yep. And that's... Probably it, Kelsey's got a, a real good chance, but Tony Gonzalez is probably the greatest tight end of all time. Would you say as of right now? As of right now, it's still him. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, no, no doubt. I would say at this point, still. For me, like those are the two tight ends that stick out in my mind the most as the the game changer types. You know what I mean? The for sure the the, the tight elite. end one of their their generation. Yeah. Yes, the elite of the elite. So to see that they fall off in 33, 34, and Kelsey coming up on 33, it's tough, man. It's tough yeah. to – Yeah. I, I could see it both ways like you were talking about where he might have one, two good years left. 
but next year he may be boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like I said, if, 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 if next year he like cliffed as far as production, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, next year, I think actually, I think next year I would be shocked if he just totally cliffed without injury. I think that's the big thing for him that would be more worrisome. He he's played a lot, man. He doesn't miss time, but you can see like with age, a lot of times that injury comes in like a Julio Jones type thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think he's got at least one more year, but at the same time, like if he cliff next year or the following year, I'm not going to sit here and be surprised. We've seen it how many times with how many different tight ends and other positions too. He had a down year too by his standards this year. He did. He did. That's true. It wasn't as great as, you know, it's tough to say it wasn't as great too, but the man came off of three historic years back to back to back. Yeah, true. And then fell off a little bit. I mean, it was still 92 catches for 1,100 yards on the year and damn near 10 touchdowns. He got nine, but it's, and it's tough too. Yeah. It's tough. So, so let's just for the sake of trying to, make it make a a point to go off of so do you think so you think kelsey and kittle probably are so you don't think they're quite two first anymore i don't think so i wouldn't want to be paying that price even for those guys on a contending team where i'm trying to you know push in yeah i think my assets are probably better used to sure up a quarterback position or to try to get a elite running back. It, re- it really depends on my roster construction. But I imagine just the way the tight end landscape kind of is following these guys, that you might have some good solid options. And I think you'd be better spent trying to use your draft capital if you're pushing your chips in to go somewhere else and not mm-hmm. run that risk of being disappointed – I maybe this is just me being gun shy too because I pushed my chips in the table all in in a lot of leagues for Darren Waller this year and just got absolutely destroyed because of what happened. Right? Sure, sure. Yeah. He, 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 he I think he in particular of the elite tight, tight ends this year was the one that burned most, right? Like I got burned a couple times by him for sure. And two leagues, I can, right off the bat, I can think of two leagues that likely were him was the reason that I didn't win. Man, too. I George Kittle did damn near nothing for you down the stretch, right? Yep. I mean, he got you. He, he had got that you, tear. He, he had that tear right before the playoffs, too, the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he was putting up godly numbers. And then, you know, the semifinals and the finals, 4.1 points and 4.5 points, which helped no one. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, I guess the thing is like two first and then two first and or one first and two seconds. Like you're, they're almost the same in value. You'd obviously rather have the two first, but like it's they're they're close, right? So somewhere in that neighborhood is where they're valued at between a first and two seconds and two first, depending on you know. Who who has them and what they're willing to trade them for? So so somewhere in that neighborhood is probably safe for those guys, right? I, I definitely would say so. I would say okay, so. so there you go, right? So now that is that is where where we're at. First of all, I'm in full agreement with you on those guys. 
I, I think for me, Pitts is depends on what you believe on him. He's somewhere between like if you talk if you're talking two and a half to three first, that's the range where I think he's I'm I'd probably consider selling him if I was going to be doing that. I think that Andrews in is in that same close discussion. So two first, maybe not quite two and a half or two first and a second, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Um and then those other guys just just slightly behind Kittle, Kelsey Waller. The the point though, I, I wanted to try to get like a, a general gauge for the listeners, the dynasty degenerates out there, what these guys should be valued with a half point PPR bump to the tight end. Because what I kind of want to get into, Mike, here is 4D chess, right? So what do you do with these guys? What are we going to do with them based on your league if it's tight end premium? And I think what we need to first figure out is you need to assess what the tight end premium is, right? So is it two points per catch? Is it one and a half points per catch? What is that versus the skill players? What is that versus the quarterbacks? Where do they fall overall in dynasty value? Like Mike said, you pull up the settings. You assess what they're doing versus skill players and quarterbacks. That's the first step in figuring out how valuable the tight ends are and how big the tight end premium is. Once you do that, then you draft, you have your league go on, whether you were in the startup or you took over an orphan. Then what's very interesting is these leagues in particular, Mike, I think you agree with me here. It, it, they re- It's really widespread and it varies quite drastically from league to league how people in the league are valuing these tight ends. Like we've seen, you and I both have seen, I think, in some tight end premium leagues where the tight ends actually seem to be like undervalued almost. You can go get them. And then some leagues, it's like you would have to sell so much off of your team that it's absolutely not worth acquiring them in a trade. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it it stems a lot with dynasty values for people in general. Like they can get very wild, but I will I will say that you're right with the tight end position it seems to be the most wild. I will be in startup drafts and there will be one of these elite tight ends like Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. We're talking like fifth, sixth, seventh round sometimes, you know, and people are taking Josh Jacobs over them. Yep, or, yep. <laughs> you know, no, nothing against Josh Jacobs, but he's just kind of whatever, you know, like, right. Okay, cool. He's a guy. But, it blows my mind that they get passed on. And then you're right there. I haven't seen it in startups where somebody takes a tight end super, super early where I go like, holy cow, I can't believe they took them. But if you go to try to trade for one of these tight ends, like after the draft, people are like, I need three or four firsts. I need exactly. Your, I need, uh, you know, uh, I need your kidney. I need your liver. Yeah. And, and I want a drink to go with it. You want Travis Kelsey. It's going to cost you Lamar Jackson. What? What? <laughs> what? Excuse, okay. Ex, excuse me. Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy. No? And then, and it, there are some though. It's not as often, like you said, but there are some where, you know, that first tight end gets taken in like the start of the second, and then it's like everybody jumps to the party, and then next thing you know, the elite ones are gone in the second or third round, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the same kind of concept. But like Mike's talking about, there are there's going to be these tight end premium leagues where when you go to try to trade for one, especially because it's such a scarce position, these owners, 
they they value them like an organ, like they value them so much above what their true value is worth. So reason I bring that up is first thing you want to do, assess how big the tight end premium is in the league. Go through it with your scoring settings. Try to gauge for yourself what you believe that premium actually is worth, right? Then you start assessing, especially once the trading comes into place, like Mike's talking about, how much, how are people valuing them in the league? And typically from league to league, you'll you'll find one way or the other that they're either going to be overvalued or they're going to be undervalued, right? Like there's going to be the tight end premium is sought so much out by these owners that they're they're not going to trade them for anything or vice versa. Like Mike said, they're going late in startups. People are looking at the position and kind of just overlooking it in general. So once you figure that out, then we start playing 4D chess, right? You get into the four dimensions. So for the first time, I kind of want to dive into all four dimensions on this and what we should be doing with them. I think the first thing we want to do is talk about direction. And then I think for that, direction also here is it's kind of directly tied in with dealing so what i mean by that is if they're undervalued let's say right so if you figure out they're undervalued as a contender it's pretty simple <laughs> you just go buy them right mike like <laughs> if they're undervalued in your contender yeah. you you go press you go press send and you make the offer and you get it done pretty pretty easy <laughs> right <laughs> okay well, you don't value them at all let me just buy all this up real cheap here and yep you go see i'll see you in a few months when you need it again and don't worry i won't i won't hit you too hard i'll just charge a 50 percent markup (laughs) right i'll just take a small profit just just one year or two year really nice starters please yep so then as a rebuilder though if it's undervalued i think here's where you need to be a little more careful because like as a rebuilder we don't mike and i both i know agree on this we don't really want to consolidate assets too much as a rebuilder. Now, obviously that has give and take. I mean, if someone's going to let you buy pits for a single first, I don't care what your build is, you go do that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> obviously be sensible about it, but as a contend as a uh, rebuilder, I'm sorry, you don't want to consolidate assets too much. So, you don't want to go although pits is probably worth two first and a second, as a rebuilder, I wouldn't advocate for tying that type of assets up in him on that side right so absolutely not i want the i want the abundance of dart throws you know what i mean i want the uh, the abundance of lottery picks Mm -hmm. if if i'm gonna buy tight ends right or young tight ends i'm gonna go after the guys who i think could ascend in value who are cheaper i'm gonna want to get that you're gonna go after fans you're gonna go after hawkinson you're gonna go after fryer move the guys that are discounted that, that can ascend in value. You don't want to go buy a Pitts right now who, it, it, it's crazy to say, but you're buying them. You're probably not buying them at a ceiling, but you're not buying them too far off from it. Yeah, I, I mean, we took them in that first round of the draft that Campus Canton League, right? Yeah, yep, yep, sure did. Yeah, I mean, how much higher is he going to go? Honestly, that that's where I say he maybe maybe he's not truly at his ceiling, but it, it's honestly... It's getting close. It's, it's damn close, man. Like, it, it's here's the difference, right, between him and Chase is positional scarcity. Like, where they're both going to grow is not much. But 
the difference is like down from pits is there's not as much down from pits as there is from chase in that position to go down tier two, right? Like that's, that's the difference, but where they're going to grow in value is not much. It's man. It, it is so much that because I feel good about moving off of a guy like chase because I can go get the wide receiver 10 and some picks, right? And the wide receiver 10 is going to score pretty dang close to what, what Jamar Chase is going to score. And unless he's Devontae Adams for 10 straight years, Devontae Adams of last year for 10 right. straight years. Unless he's wide receiver one to three for 10 years in a row. Right, exactly. He, I'm he's, with an, you. he's the next coming of Jerry Rice. Yeah. But even then, like that the tweet I'd mentioned about Jerry Rice, well, you could have had Tim Brown, <laughs> Michael Irvin, the following pretty good wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they were close. Right. The point is with Kyle Pitts, he does what you're talking about. He has that positional scarcity because if I down tier to the the 10th guy, the 11th guy, the 12th guy, I am I'm kind of on shaky ground at that point, right? It's you know, I'm taking a shot and hoping that uh Jalen Weidermeyer is everything that I hope he is, or Trey McBride, or Cole Komet really turns it on, or Brevin Jordan or Irv Smith, or, or our boy Adam Troutman. That's that's scary. And, and the difference is, too, when I'm looking at I, I named all those guys. I'm talking about nine different rounds between, like, where Adam Troutman, Hunter Long will go and where maybe, like, a Trey McBride, Jalen Weidermeyer will go. And it, it just shows that the cost to get those crappier tight ends – the ones that are longer darts is practically nothing. And yes, yes, and, and, and that that's that's such yeah. a good point. That's such a good point because that that's kind of what I want to get into next. Is then so you pick your direction, and the dealing part is the first part of forty chess. Once you assess basically what the tight end premium really is and how it's under or overvalued, right? So we just talked about how it's undervalued. Um, if it's undervalued as a contender, it's an easy go buy them. As a rebuilder, unless you're getting a steal on a guy like Pitts or something, you don't want to consolidate assets too much. Now, when you flip it, and I think this is going to be the one that's more typically sought, seen, right? Like there are probably going to be some where they're undervalued and like Mike and I are in those leagues. But I think more often than not, you're going to see the overvalued side, right? Where yes. people are acting like, oh my gosh, this tight end premium is going to completely make or break the league. I wouldn't go that far, man. I wouldn't go that far. So when you start seeing, like Mike said, someone wants three, four firsts in that range of value for these elite tight ends, they're overvalued. Unless your tight end premium is just ridiculous and the other positional, the, the value from tight end is like a 1.5x you know, tight end premium and the other positions are so different. And th those leagues are very few and far between, right? So Outside of that scenario, they're overvalued. And when you see that they're overvalued, as a contender, like Mike was talking about earlier, I think the thing you do, actually then when you find out it's truly overvalued, is you explore these down tiers. Because I'm not going to say that you go down from Kelsey to Adam Troutman or Irv Smith, right? But I think when, when it's really overvalued this much in a league, you can go from a Kelsey, a Kittle, to a Hawk plus or a Hawk plus plus, right? Or a Fant plus plus or a Goddard plus plus, you know, something yes. in that range. If you can get those deals done, 
as a contender, you're still money ahead. And then obviously on the rebuilder side, you could still do the same thing, right? You can basically down tier. Or I think where some people get kind of worried, and even like like Mike's right 100% when he says when you down tier from pits down really far, <laughs> those guys are darts and we're not really sure. And the value is massive. But if you sell off a guy like Pitts or Andrews for a massive haul of just straight picks because someone's trying to throw him away as a contender, mm. you pick up three or two and a half, two first and a second, right? For for those guys, fear not about getting them back because then we move into diligence and drafting. We're going to figure out how to replace it later. All right. But don't be afraid, Dynasty Degenerates, of like, oh my gosh, I, I traded away Pitts. And he's going to be good for another five plus eight years, whatever. And I'm never going to be able to get that back. Do not be afraid of that. Because when you get into the diligence and drafting side, let's say you did one of those deals. You got two firsts and a second. Let's say you get three firsts for pits. Let's just use that as an example. A lot of times the way you do it, those three firsts are going to end up being profit. What you're going to actually end up doing is using the throw-in type picks or the seconds you're going to land on a guy last year like Pat Fryer in the second, who's a All top 10 tight end, right? Yeah. Like that's when you rebuild, that's how you're going to replace the position. It's you going to be got, diligence and drafting. You could have got Dalton Schultz as a throw in who finishes tight end five this year, right? You could have got him as a throw in last year. A hundred percent, man. You could have, you could have taken the pick that would have been Kyle Pitts and, this isn't anything against Kyle Pitts. I already told you guys I drafted him at the end of the first in one of these leagues. Adam and I are co-managing. Like it, we we discussed it. We pulled the trigger based on scoring settings, based on what we were going to do with our team. Like that was the guy that we wanted. And then at the two hundred one, I don't know what did we take Javante. Yeah, it was Pitt, it was Pitts Javante. Yep, or Javante Pitts. However you want to roll it, it was one twelve two hundred one. But right, same thing. I love the guy. But if you're telling me, like, especially going into last year, I thought he was overhyped a little too much where you were seeing trades at the time. Like, it looks decent now, right? It looks decent now. But you were seeing Saquon Barkley getting traded straight up for Kyle Pitts. Yep. Hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, that's a horrible move based yep. on where Saquon was being valued and based on Kyle Pitts being a rookie tight end. Yeah. Okay? It plays out now. You're like, okay, uh, Kyle Pitts is probably going higher in startup drafts than Saquon Barkley by a little bit. Good move. Great. It paid off. At the time, I think it was a bad process to do something like that. Or you were seeing people turning down three, four first-round picks for Kyle Pitts, and he hadn't played a game yet. That that wasn't smart to me, especially right. Right. when I factor in how this year played out and how every year seems to play out at the tight end position. There's an elite group of guys that you want that are true difference makers. And then there's 50 feet of shit. Yep. Right? That's truly how it is, man, right? Yeah. And and that 50 feet of shit, like to get to tight end five, to get to tight end six, to get to tight end seven, doesn't require too much. I don't think there's a person out there who can tell you who those guys are. Like Ray was touting Dalton, Dalton Schultz. I'm glad he hit. He hit he hit for Ray. He was on the man at tight end five. Yeah. But to do it consistently, there wasn't a lot of other people who were touting Dalton Schultz for a reason. Right? 
there was not a lot of people who were touting Dawson Knox as this year's as a breakout tight end, right? And you could get these guys for just pennies on the dollar. Pennies while on the people dollar. while people are overvaluing the Kyle Pitts, the Travis Kelseys, the Darren Wallers, like Adam's talking about, you trade back, you pick up some dart throw tight ends like Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz. You maybe pick up a guy that's more solid, like a TJ Hawkinson, a Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Pat Fryermuth, like one of these guys to just kind of fill the void as a contender. But all those extra assets, hell, you can get a, a, a crappy tight end like Adam Troutman thrown into a deal. And what if he breaks out this year? Yeah. You can also get, like Adam's talking about, you can get some second-round picks, some yeah. early third-round picks in these tight yes. end premium rookie drafts. Yes. And you're going to land guys like Pat Fryermuth. Yep. And, and, and this, I, I, I love Pat Fryermuth, man. But to be honest, he was kind of a long shot, right? He was, a, he was a, a longer shot. We didn't feel as good about him hitting. We didn't think he'd hit in this way. Because we, we also we, said a lot we of We liked him, things. but we didn't see top 10, right? Like that. We didn't see top yeah. 10 year one. We just didn't see that. We also liked a guy like Hunter Long, and he did absolutely nothing all year. Yeah. But MIA. And see, exactly. And, and see, that's where I think, though, with the diligence and drafting part, like those dimensions of the 4D, Mike's 100% right because. Man, it, it's going to be hard to exactly pinpoint Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox. Like people were getting off of those guys last year because of you know them not necessarily performing two years ago. This year, obviously, they they played well, but you weren't necessarily like without being able to see the future, being able to predict that. But when you go into this rebuild side, the diligence and drafting comes in big because you move off of Pitts and you get so much. The thing about it is too, you're not trading Pitts early last year or when he was still a projection like we saw Pitts break the rookie record like he clearly is that piece and he's being valued there now so you're trading him now at the point where even if he grows in value it's not going to be by much you're basically tapped out of value so you're going to get all that back and then with the diligence drafting thing you're you're going to basically just start getting like Mike said either Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox of last year, Adam Troutman currently, those type of guys in throw-ins, they either, let's call it what it is, they're either going to completely flop or they're going to actually ascend in value and become someone you can throw in your lineup. Or you're going to keep doing that that type of stuff, right? You're going to get those type of guys or you're going to get thirds thrown into deals, second thrown into deals, fourth thrown into deals. Then you're going to start doing the diligence side. You're going to take your shots this year on guys like Trey McBride, Jalen Widemeyer, Isaiah Likely, Kohler, right? You're going to take your shots on those guys. Oh, yeah. You take two or three of those guys, eventually you do that for enough classes, you're going to pop on one of them. All of a sudden, then you, you're you you're using up, even if three or four of those guys bust, you're using up third, late second, fourth round draft capital. Those are throwaway pieces anyway, right? But you're still profiting on the first that you took on that guy, right? Like instead of now having pits, you're going to have three shots in the first round. That is extremely valuable. Like you, you could hit on this year. You could have hit on Javante Mac Jones and Jamar chase or something like that. That's where the 40 chess side comes in so big because although Pitts is awesome and he's going to be tight end one, probably unless a significant injury happens, 
he, he's capped out, but you can multiply that into something crazy. I, I think a lot of people are under the impression that these elite tight ends also had elite draft capital and the elite guys. So take out Mark Andrews because he was he a second round pick. He might've been third round pick. Damn. I think he was third. Yeah. Most, he, he, okay. actually mo- right. most of the elite guys don't have elite draft capital. Correct. That's crazy correct. Part. So you're talking Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle. None of them had elite draft capital, right? Kyle Pitts out of that group is the only one with elite draft capital. The right. elite tight ends that were, you know, the top five guys that these are it. And however you want to rank them, however you want to value them, contender, you know, rebuild, whatever. Doesn't matter. Top five guys. Kyle Pitts is the only one that's got elite capital. What Adam's talking about is if you're doing your homework, you're doing your diligence on the young guys, the Trey McBrides. Jalen Weidermeyers, the Charlie Kohlers, last year, the Pat Fryermuse, the Hunter Longs. It wouldn't shock me just to tout Hunter Long a little more. If he if Mike Gusecki leaves and Hunter Long's a thing, like yep. a top 10 tight end next year, it wouldn't shock me. He has yep. that kind of ability and talent. If he is a zero his entire career, I'm also not going to be shocked because we just saw it. But – you can take shots on those guys, and those are picks nobody seems to care about. Right. Right. Exactly right. Exactly. Like you can right. you can get the two oh seven, the two oh eight, you know, the two twelve, the three oh one, the the three oh six, the three oh eight. Nobody seems to care about those picks. They're they're almost I'm not gonna say free, but they're dirt cheap. Well, and, and when you're doing the 4D chess process, if you keep tuning into us and, and tapping into what we're talking about. When you do them at the right time, like when your dynasty timing is right on those picks, you're you're literally getting them a part of other big deals as throw in for free. So while technically it's not free, you had a deal that he was comfortable with, but you're like, no, I want that as a free throw in. Like you can get a lot of those picks done on the rebuild side, tossed in on a deal that's already hypothetically in place. Even in season when there's not pick numbers aside, it's not that big of a stretch to just get an extra third round pick tossed in. And you don't know where that third round is going to be. You can use it for whatever purposes. Adam and I like to use them as just like a little kicker. If a guy is just he's tentative on pulling the trigger on a deal, I'll toss him an extra third. And sometimes that gets the deal done. And sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes I end up with 10 third round picks. Right? And (laughs) people are like, oh, you don't even have enough roster spots for all of them. That's fine. I'll take them now in May. And I got all up until September to sort it out on what I want to do with them. Right? How What I'm hearing in camp who's performing well, what I see in the preseason, doesn't matter to me. If they end up being cut bait, great. But if I find the next Elijah Mitchell, if I find the next, you know, Pat Fryermuth in some of these drafts I was doing was going at the beginning of the third round. If I find the next Pat Fryermuth, like I've already increased my value. And it was just a pick that I just tossed in, right? I just got it added to a deal. Like, okay, give me an extra third. Adam does it to me all the time when we're trading. I'll give me a third. (laughs) Give me a third. Give me I want some. I want some fluff, man. Fluff me up. I, I, I'm done fluffing you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your fluffer anymore. But, but, but honestly, oh. but honestly, that that that's the point is, you can when timed right, you can get most of those throw-in picks late. And then this is the other thing too about the diligence side. You're going to be cognizant of the fact that you're rebuilding and you're trying to land one of these tight ends. When a lot of these rebuilders that have put all that draft capital into these other players, these elite tight ends, 
they're not going to shoot their shot in the second and third typically on tight ends. Like it's not out of the range of possibilities at all that you land that you land two or three of these tight ends that are dart throws, so to speak, in this class. And all you got to do is hit on one, right? So that that's where your diligence and and dealing there really can be key on actually landing. Because here, here's the thing. When you fast forward, okay, let's say you landed a uh, Pat Fryermuth last year in one of these dart throw picks, late second, mid second, okay. Now you have a tight end that's a top ten, so you can do one of two things when you when you future this out, right, two to three years. You hit Pat Fryermuth. You you can either do this where you just completely profit on those first, which you which you got in for X tight end, whoever it was. And just roll with Pat Fryermuth, who's still a top 10 tight end. He's still capable, if healthy, to produce enough. If you're the, if the rest of your team's really a juggernaut, you can win with him in there. Or if you continue to stockpile assets, you now can say, I'll give you Pat Fryermuth plus a first, maybe even a second, and go get back into the elite tight end tier when necessary. So, like, it, it may seem to you right now, like I trade pits away, I'll never recoup that. I, do not think like that. I, I, I'm really trying to drive home. Do not think like that on the rebuild side or when you're trading these guys away. If the league that you're in is overvaluing tight ends like crazy, because y- you can make so many moves before you have to really recoup the elite tight end. Because honestly, if you're not a contender, you don't need an elite tight end. So it, when you go to rebuild, you have so much time to figure out what you're going to do about that tight end later. Just hoard the assets, man. That's that's the simplest thing to do. Just hoard as many assets as possible. And just because you got one shiny diamond that looks great, why don't you break it up into like five other diamonds? Right? It's if you're in the rebuilding in some of these trades, and I'm talking diamonds, I don't want poop. All right. I'm not talking poop. I'm not the guy who sends you, you know, seven third round picks for one player. No, like that means you. that no, I'm good, man. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. But just don't get stuck on on names of players, especially in the rebuild. And do your do your diligence, especially when it comes to these tight end positions. If people want to overvalue them, cool. Be be cool with just you know down tearing. Be cool with moving on from them. If if they think they're the greatest thing ever, they're probably wrong. They, they are fantastic. They are fantastic. But if they want to overvalue them and they think Kyle Pitts is at least worth three first-round picks, three-and-a-half first-round picks, right. cool, let them have Kyle Pitts. Yep. I'll, I'll figure out what I want to do at the tight end position. I'm going to take multiple shots on different guys. I'll get it figured out. Plus, you know, I might hit on the, uh, the next Justin Herbert at the end of the first round with some of these assets I got back. Like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, yes. that's, that's generally, in a nutshell, how Adam and I like to dynasty. I don't ever like to get attached to any players, anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. I could be the biggest right. JT fan in the world. I'm the biggest, uh, you know, Mac Jones fan in the world. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, they're great. I love having them on my teams. But if you want to overpay for any one of these, you want to overvalue them over what they should be worth, cool. You can have them. No yep. skin off my back. Yep. I will. I, I will shoot my shot elsewhere. A hundred percent. You. You. We'll. We'll take Mike and I will take the plethora 
when you overpay and we'll find a way to hit on those picks and now the multiple the multiplication aspect we're, we're we're ahead of whatever pits was worth or whatever x player is worth so i think ultimately to kind of try to summarize and wrap all this up is assess what the tight end premium is in your league and the scoring settings how they value versus the skill players versus the quarterbacks where their true value is how much of a of a difference they're actually making how much the premium is making once you figure that out then you figure out how the league's valuing them in trades are they overvaluing them are they undervaluing them if you figure that out like we talked about if they're undervaluing them as a contender you're going to buy if you're if they're undervaluing them and you're a rebuilder you could buy if it's a complete steal but i would not consolidate too many assets like mike and i talked about we want to multiply assets if they're overvaluing, which is going to be what's happening most of the time, what you're going to do is if you're on the contending side, you're going to try to tear down, right? You're going to basically take the Kelsey, the Kidder, the Waller, the Andrews. You're going to try to get down to Hawkinson and get plus plus or God or, or Fant, one of those guys that can still, maybe you're going to lose a little bit in points per game, but you're going to get so much back additional that it's worth the down tier. And if you're on the rebuild side, you could either do that or just sell them off for a complete haul of picks and go into a dumpster rebuild. So ultimately that's kind of summarizing the tight end premium. I think for Mike and I, and the point there at the end was we're trying to drive home. Do not be afraid just because it's a super scarce position to off one of these elite tight ends because you're not going to be able to recoup it later. That's a fallacy. We'll help you get through that. If you decide to do it. I think for me, just a quick summary too just to put a bow on tight end premium it matters check your scoring settings see what see how much it matters right you're gonna have to do a little bit of uh math in your head and and you know if you want to make some fancy pie graphs go for it (laughs) whatever you need to do but see how much it matters and don't be one of those guys who overvalues because it, it says tight end premium i see it all the time I feel bad for those people who do. I understand where they're coming from. But to me, it's similar to like what I've said pretty much all year with 22 draft class versus 23 draft class. Give me the 23 picks, but it's just as a tiebreaker, right? It's I I look at the same way when I'm in a lot of these tight end premium drafts. If there's two equal players that I'd rather take, depending on the tight end premium, I, I might and I'm probably going to lean the tight end, but just as a tiebreaker. I'm not going to go all crazy and take a tight end a round or two before just because of scoring settings. I'm not going to reach too far just for that tight end because I feel comfortable in what I do with my diligence in order to to find the next Pat Fryermuth, to find the next Dawson Knox, to get a Dalton Schultz as a throw-in, to shoot my shot on Adam Troutman, even if I miss, right? I'm going to have multiple assets just to kind of figure out what I want to do at the tight end position. But absolutely, if it if it's if it's two equal players in my mind, one's a running back and one's a tight end, I'm I, I'm probably going to lead the tight end just as a tiebreaker. But 
That's that's my quick dirty bow on this whole podcast. I can't believe we've done over an hour already. The time always seems to fly by. <laughs> it's As what we do, man. It's what we do. We're long-winded. Oh man. We need we need like a four-hour podcast, and I still don't think that'd be enough sometimes. But we appreciate you guys tapping in. The support is amazing. Leave a review, hit the like, hit the subscribe on Destination Devi. Check out all Destination Devi is offering. Check out the Patreon. And as always, hashtag self-promotion, new year, new me. Come check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. The community's growing. I mean, last night I was in there doing a four and a half hour just chit chat session with some of the patrons. It was awesome. Adam was in bed, you know, catching some Z's, but I'm in there just, I mean, we're talking about everything. Dynasty football, trades, giving advice. Then we're just BSing about music. (laughs) And and we got patrons in there teaching me about Indian culture and Pakistan and Punjabi. I think that's right. I think I said it right. But anyways, <laughs> doesn't matter. Come check us out. Dollar a month. We'd love to have you. The community keeps growing. We're, we're building something truly awesome and something I'm very proud of, of what it's becoming. It's it's growing naturally. It's fantastic. But as always, if this is the only thing you check out, cool. We, we, we keep trying to bring you the best content that we can possibly do. But if you got that yearning for more, I got the recipe. I got the recipe. It's in our Discord. It's our Patreon. It's our extra podcast. Soon to be live streams. McNutted's going video. You're going to get to see my ugly face. It's going to be awesome. Big things coming soon with McNutted going on the video. Uh, I'm excited and scared all at once. But yeah, you should definitely come check us out if you're if you're vibing with these. Um, you want more in depth. You want more of the micro dynamics of your league. You hear what we're talking about here on the big picture but you're not exactly sure how to apply it or you're you, you even have one or two questions you want answered. Come check us out. Give us a try for a month for a dollar. If you get there and you find out it's not what you're looking for, you know, feel free to bounce, no hard feelings, but we, we truly believe that what we're bringing to you is value. And there's a lot of people in there that are constantly talking dynasty. They're all kind of in a way, dynasty degenerates looking to improve their ability or the, the, the way they're thinking their mindset on, on dynasty in general. So, Come check us out over there if you want to. Just remember, if your league mates are playing chess, play 4D chess. Boom. That's the show. We're out. Peace out. We love you. We appreciate you. See you later. Peace.